We are back for another episode of the Frazier Athletic Show. The softball team rolls, picking up a huge win against the mighty Mikes of Carmichael's, looking to win another section championship. Baseball struggles to find some defense while the track splits with Southmoreland and Manesson. We'll break it down for you all in more. Alex Lyons, Nick Hicks with you. You're listening to the Frazier Athletic Show. You can enjoy the rustic decor of the Big Barn Country Store in Delhi from Route 51, just south of Periopolis, Pennsylvania. Inside the store, enjoy the atmosphere and browse through a selection of delicious Amish foods, home-baked pies, a deli, a wide array of nostalgic candy, wine store, and much more. Open seven days a week. Visit our website at BigBarnStore.com. That's BigBarnStore.com. Just as your local State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home and auto. And guess what you'll get? That's right, good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, State Farm agent Brian Warnick is your go-to agent in Periopolis for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home and auto today. State Farm agent Brian Warnick will help you mix and match things perfectly. Call 412 668 0111 for surprisingly great rates. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Starting with softball here on the Frazier Athletic Show. Softball on the Frazier Athletic Show brought to you by your local State Farm agent, Brian Warnick. Check him out for all your insurance needs here in Periopolis. As again, a busy, busy week since we have last talked as last episode came out on the 13th. That was the day of the Bell Vernon game. And the only Commodore softball loss since we've talked, and that is a very good Bell Vernon team in a very tough section, and it was a 6-3 to three game. The Commodores really put up a dogfight. You know, they got down 3-0, were able to capitalize with the Jensen-Hartman two-run homer, and then eventually three more runs came across in the fifth. The Commodores answered with one of their own, but... It was a non-section loss, so kind of no harm, no foul, continuing to play that tough section schedule. And then you go into a game against best center, and it doesn't last very long. 15-0 final score, back-to-back home runs in that game by Riley Evans and Delaney Warnick. And the Commodores are starting to find the long ball. We'll talk about that a little more when we get to California. But you look at that, Jensen Hartman, three more hits, two more Runs batted in four RBI for Madison Bednar. Scored a pair of runs, a pair of hits. Four for Evans had the big monster home run. Then Delaney Warnick had one hit, another walk, the opposite field home run. And, you know, that home run happened right as John Malone was coming up in the press box. The athletic director, baseball coach, I'm sure most of you know who he is by now, but a personal friend of the show, been on here multiple times. And, you know, it's baseball season, and we haven't got him on here yet because, you know, all of a sudden, man's time is not easy to come by. But, yeah, John climbs up the ladder here and knock on the press box, and next thing I know, Delaney Warnick hits a home run as John's <laughs> climbing her way, his way up into the press box. But absolutely unreal performance by the Commodores. Bednar, four innings, no hitter, six strikeouts. There's bull prediction number one off the table. I said maybe two, though, so that's still in play. Yeah. As Bednar threw the no-hitter over four innings, striking out six. 
lone base runner reached on an E5, and I thought more of an E1 looked like a catchable ball that was dropped, but I'm not the scorer. So, nonetheless, it was an error either way that yeah. cost the perfect game, but Bednar had been hitting the ball very well, as well, as I mentioned, and that carried over into the California game with Nicole Palmer going back to the hill. She's been the ace this year. Pitched four innings, two hits, seven strikeouts over those four innings of work, and the Commodores put up 20 runs as two more RBI for Jensen Hartman. Bednar had another two RBI game, four RBI for Warnick, two hits, another home run in that game for Delaney Warnick, going back-to-back games with a home run. Felsher, two hits, five runs batted in, and Felsher hit her first high school home run in the contest playing center field as the Commodores absolutely dominated in all facets. 14 RBI to score 20 runs on only 13 hits, and they did it in quick fashion, scoring eight runs in the fourth inning, six in the first, two and four in the middle frames, respectively, as the Commodores were absolutely dominant in those two games. But I skipped the game, and I did that, inten- I did that intentionally. We talked about the blowouts and the loss, but the biggest game came on Wednesday. And that was against Carmichael's. Carmichael's just shellacked Schallerroy a few days before. But again, Twelve to two it was. But again, the thought was that was a bit of a late game kind of explosion mm-hmm. by the Mighty Mikes against Schallerroy. And, you know, Frazier was coming off maybe not their best performance against the Bell Vernon team. So it was like maybe you're getting the team on their high and you're a little low right now. But the Commodores go out there and they absolutely put on a show defensively and pitching-wise. The Commodores had only one error in the entirety of the game. Palmer went all seven innings, four hits allowed, only walked one, but look at this number again, 10 more strikeouts. She has been absolutely incredible with the strikeout pitch as a true freshman, and I use that true freshman term because sophomores, in a sense, redshirt freshman this year, but the Commodores absolutely found a groove out there pitching, and they did not look back. Of course, you'd rather the offense be a little higher in that game, but Bednar, another multi-hit game. You had a two-walk game by Delaney Warnick. Um, Wyshynski and Bednar both drove in runs, and that is just a huge game when you look at the grand scheme of if you want to win the section, beating Carmichael's was absolutely huge because look at who you have again. You have another meeting with Bentworth, that comes Thursday. Thursday. So technically today, today th- th- this is coming out. You imagine that's a win. You're going to have another meeting with Cal. You're just 20 nothing them. So you imagine that's a win. And you have best center who you 15 run in four innings. Even though that Maybe fit- 45 minutes, arguably. Yeah. And honestly, that uh, 15th run may have been a bit of a gift, but they were going <laughs> to score in that inning anyways. Uh, not going to get too much into that. So you look at that. Okay, that's three very much probable wins. Yeah. As long as you beat Schallerroy, you guarantee a tie of the section. Yep. And that's obviously saying you beat the three teams. Obviously, you should hammer. Am I, am I forgetting any other teams in the section, Nick? No, you're good. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because all of a sudden I was like, am I, am I missing a team? Because they've played everybody once so far. Yeah, the, the schedule resets on Thursday so with yeah. Bentworth. So. so, yeah, they've played everyone once. They're going to play the low three again. You imagine very similar mm-hmm. bait to happen. 
So if you beat Charleroi, yes, that's tough. That's on the road. You guarantee a tie of the section with Carmichael. Because even if you lose to Carmichael's, you split between them and you each won one. So that's a tie for a section champion. Something happens with Carmichael's and you still beat Charleroi and say Charleroi beats Carmichael's second game. That's still a soul even yep. with one loss. But the thing you have to look at, you have to go on the road to Charleroi on the road to Bentworth, on the road to Best Center, you still imagine you can hit the ball well there. You already did that at California. You get Cal at home, but you get Carmichael's at home now. So, you know, the way this is lining up, there's a good chance at a softball section championship this season for the girls. As we talked about the possibility of a WPIAL championship in their future, state championship would be tough. I think WPIAL would be really tough this year, especially with a team like Ligonier Valley. Valley. That team is just... I mean, it is unreal what that team has been able to do. Multiple no-hitters this season already, shutout after shutout. They no-hit Bell Vernon. I mean, that is a good, good softball team in Ligonier Valley. But again, the Frazier Commodores are a young softball team that are really coming into their own and becoming an excellent team. And the thing is, yeah, you're going to lose Riley Evans after this year, but look what you're going to get back. And I know we're early-ish in the season to be saying this, but this is a team built for the next couple of seasons. Yeah. I mean, just just look down the list. And, I mean, I know it's small in numbers, and that's kind of frustrating in some aspect. I know the assistant coach Mandy Hartman wants those numbers to be up talking to her one of the days I was subbing. But Hartman, sophomore. Bednar, sophomore. Wyshynski, a junior. You lose Evans, as we mentioned. Warnick's a sophomore. Felsher's a – is she a sophomore this year? Sophomore, yes. That's what I thought. Palmer's a freshman. You have Damakis starting. Scott's a junior. Han Jr., right? Or she's a senior. Han's a senior. Okay. But she's missed multiple games as it is this season anyways, and they're still winning. I mean, that's a big loss either way. And you look at that numbers. Okay, so two seniors. Yeah. And you have to look what's coming up too. And yeah, Grayson Hartman. Grayson. That's a and that will be interesting to see how that plays out. Who catches Jensen, who plays center? Probably one or the other, you'd imagine. Or they're gonna split time like yeah. you see. Evans Evans is a huge loss to replace, but I think it's a softball team built for the future and built for this year as well, which is kind of the cool thing. It's almost like a retool year. With but it's not really a retool year. It's almost it's it done. is, but it isn't. Like exactly, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's the point because that's why this program's been so good over the years, and I think that's what it's what the Hartmans do. Yeah, it's what good coaches do. Like your retool years. You can, you can still win a section championship. You can still win a WPI yeah. championship. I mean, because you think of it, and the reason you say it's a retool year more so than not is just because of the fact you lose Logan and you didn't have a season last year. Yeah. So you lose a stud in Logan and you kind you of – You also lose a year of development too. You, yeah, exactly. So Jensen, even though they have the tournament, Jensen lost a year of development. Madison lost a year of development. But Foster all those girls did. do play travel ball Which too. Helps. So it, it does help. But I think varsity is a little bit different. It's it's a different game. It really is. But There are some different roles and I, too. I was talking to uh, Maria's mom, Amanda Felsher, uh, and she was saying, you know, it's tough for girls like that even to – like Maria to adjust uh, – playing travel ball everyone's throwing so hard mm -hmm. and you have to start getting used to just everything's coming in hard and then when you come into high school you're going to get teams like Bentworth and Best Center yeah they may be some girls are really killing the ball like Jensen and them against that but you know younger players who haven't 
really experienced that and are so used to the travel ball pitching, it's tough to adjust back to that slower speed, and their batting average suffers even though the pitchers they may be facing aren't great. And that's, again, that difference between the two monsters of the thing. If you look at travel ball, too, you're playing multiple games a day. That could also have something to do with it, too. Like, your first game of the day could be at 8 in the morning, and it's almost like your warm-up game, and then you're turning around again and playing a game at, like, say, 3 o'clock. And you could already be warmed up for your game at 3 o'clock. Like, high school, you have to come with that mindset. There's only one game, seven innings. You have to come with that mindset ready to win. Exactly. And we'll, we'll take a look at the rest of the season schedule before we give it to you right now as Bentworth we mentioned later today, 4 o'clock start, unless weather weather permitting, obviously, yeah. with the cold weather in the area. Snow on Wednesday. Then Charleroi Wednesday. That's a big game. Circle that one on your calendars. Charleroi. They don't play the, a game between that. Nope. You could maybe see a non-section game. I, I think maybe. Maybe. I mean, I could see maybe a Monday game get added. I would doubt you go back-to-back games. Yeah. But I could see a Monday game get added for Frazier. But as of now, this is – the game changer schedule that the coaches update. So I'm guess thinking this is up to date. Yeah, it should be. Um, then Carmichael's on the following Monday. So again, you have no games between Charleroi and Carmichael's, and then you end the year with California. So that's at home. But overall, you look at that schedule right now. Four games left. You maybe get one or two sec- non-section games added in there. Who knows? I mean, time, only time will tell. But you get a kind of bit of, of a two-and-up game. They actually are missing, I think, a game in there. The Bentworth second-best center game is not on the schedule. So that is one that is missing. That could be between Bentworth and Schaleroy, or I, I think it's probably between Schaleroy and it would probably be that Friday after they play Schaleroy because I, I think the schedule is going in the same order on the redraw through the lineup as what it appears because they actually play Wash High on the 26th, so the Monday in between. That's who we were missing. There, that's yeah. a section. That's they section. actually never played them once. That's why. So that's I knew the team. We were that's the team we were missing earlier. I knew there was someone we were missing. Yeah, Wash High. They had to cancel earlier. That's when they went and played West Green. And yeah, beat them. yeah, yeah. That is right. Long season, guys. But it is um, time to move on to our player of the week for softball. And you know, Nick, I'm. I've done this to you multiple times this year. We, we talked about it before, and, and I have a question for you. This is going to be an open debate between me and you. We'll figure it out. We, we said before coming on, man, Delaney had a great week. But looking at those stats, what about Bednar? What, what, do, what do we think here? She, she had open, a good week pitching, too. Open debate here. I mean, Warnick two home runs had a big RBI-filled game against California. I mean, both are absolutely – killing it and I think what what stands out to me about Bednar is the fact that she's done it with the bat and on the hill because she had the no hitter that's a big yeah. one to me I mean I understand yeah it was against Bentworth but it was a no hitter that's still impressive either no matter what yeah. you throw a no hitter and against a good Bell Vernon team she had an RBI and a hit and then you look at, again, Carmichael's. We talked about how big of a game that was. 2 nothing. Bednar had two hits, drove in one run, and scored a run. So pretty much responsible for, in a sense, both runs there. Didn't pitch in that game. Then you come to the best center game. We obviously talked about what Delaney did, hitting a home run in that game. But Bednar, two more hits, 
two runs scored, four runs batted in, and that's the game she threw the perf- or the no-hitter. And then you finally go into that last game against California, and this was Delaney's other big game where Delaney had four RBI off two hits and two walks. But Bednar, two more runs batted in, two more hits, and scored three runs. So it, it's a tough go of it this year, but here, here's my argument. Not that I'm saying Bednar hasn't been great all year, but I feel like Delaney is going to be in this conversation a lot with us just because of her power threat compared to Bednar doesn't hit the long ball. I kind of really want to give it to Madison this week. I can agree with that. Just the, I mean, honestly, for me, it's the pitching. The the no hitter that she threw and that's kinda, she's still knocking in the runs with the bat. So I mean I'm okay with that. That's kind of was my thing. It was like, well, it was a no hitter. To not give it to someone who threw a no hitter yeah. in the week is tough, especially when she also hit the ball. If she went like 0 for 15 in the week, okay, I, I might push it off to Delaney. But when you yeah, throw a no hitter that. and hit the ball, so a spur of a moment change. Our athlete of the week for girls softball this week is Madison Bednar. I think we've done this every week so far. Oh, I all, well, because <laughs> we think we, we get someone in mind we talk about before the We don't really podcast. look at the stats until we start like And then we really it. start digging into it and I'm like cuz we're at most of the games yeah. and you know we're thinking oh who who stood off to us and that's like the eye test factor. But then you start digging into the stats like yeah. This person was a sleeper that game. We really I think uh should change this but again congratulations to our first Time girls softball player of the week winner in Madison Bednar. We'll step aside and we come back. We move to baseball right here on the Frazier Athletics Show. Just as your local State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home and auto. And guess what you'll get? That's right, good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, State Farm agent Brian Warnick is your go-to agent in Perryopolis for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home and auto today. State Farm agent Brian Warnick will help you mix and match things perfectly. Call 412-668-0111 for surprisingly great rates. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Somerset Trust Company, now open in Perryopolis. We invite you to stop by and experience the Somerset Trust Company difference. Local decision-making, convenient locations, extended hours, award-winning online and mobile banking, and more. Somerset Trust Company, community banking at its best. Now open in Perryopolis. Moving right along to baseball here on the Frazier Athletics Show as a rough week for the Commodores baseball squad as they lost a pair of games to best center, including an 8-0 loss on the 13th and a 19-8 loss on Wednesday the 14th, following that up with a postponement in a Jefferson Morgan game and another game the Commodores blew in 10-7 fashion against Washington. It's been a tough go of it. Besides that first best center game, the Commodores probably should have beat Washington, and they definitely should have beat best center in game number two. They were one out away from winning that game, and it resulted in an end about an hour and 15-minute top of the seventh inning yeah. where best center recorded just two hits, but absolutely hammered when the they Commodores. When they hit the ball, they, they hammered the well, ball. Well, I was trying to – let me just click on it. The they scored 
on those limited hits of 14 runs. Commodore's struggling to find the strike zone. And you go back to this without having Dom or Chase, excuse me. It's so tough. It is. It is so tough because you you look, you have Chase. You probably beat best center at least once, if not both times. Because Chase probably pitches that first game. So that means Dom's saved for the second game. You can bring in Logan. You can go the distance in a sense the rest of the way. Not that Logan didn't do a great job. But, again, I think Chase wins game one for you. I really do. I think any game you have Chase on, you have about an 85% chance of winning because what's Chase going to give up? Maybe in one earned run, three yeah. total? That's a big issue, too, we'll talk about. But that's a rough go of it. And then you have the – I mean, when you have a chance to win a game in a section, you, you have to put it away. Mm-hmm. One strike away, and it wasn't just pitching. We Obviously, you give up 14 runs. It's a lot of pitching. Multiple errors in the inning. Some non-errors as well that – on balls that I think could have been caught. I think with two outs, the go or tying run scored for best center was on a ringing double to center field, which I think could have been caught. Not an easy play, but I think it's one you got to come down with in games like that. And that those are the tough realities of a new learning curve of a team for the Commodores. I mean, new coaching staff, it's a new learning curve. They're hitting the ball decently. When you score seven and eight runs in a game, you got to find ways to win those. But the struggle has been coming with the lack of pitching depth. And you look, well, the pitching has to be terrible. They're giving up eight, ten runs a game. That's not the case. Go to that. If you look at the game they just played versus Washington, they had nine total errors in that whole game. Three earned runs, ten runs against. And you look at the second-best center game, they gave up two earned runs of 19. 19 runs, two were earned. And that's the issue. If you clean up your defense, you win ball games. Yep. That is the most important thing. If you can play defense and you can pitch, the hitting will come. Those are the two things you have to do especially when you are an inexperienced team trying to learn. You have to make the sure thing plays. You cannot shoot yourself in the foot time in and time again. And, you know, okay, technically they're still alive in postseason contention, but it's a near impossible just saying that because they have to face Carmichael twice. That team is unreal, and I think you're going to get a good glimpse of how good they are on later today when they take on Chartier's Houston. That was a back-and-forth game between Chartier's Houston and Carmichael's when they played it was a 7-6 win for Chartier's Houston so I think it's really going to show you how good that Carmichael's team is and it's a good that Green County school is always good at baseball under head coach Richard Krause I mean that school they've pumped out good baseball but for the Commodores you got to get back to basics and I know head coach Malone's preaching this that you got to play defense you can't shoot yourself in the foot. You, you're taking one step forward, then two steps back with an error, and that's not going to win you many ball games this year. But you're come to the point where let's just get the most out of the season and find a way to build some momentum, grow, develop into the program we want to be. I mean, you're going to lose Chase next year or after this year either way, which that that's tough. That's tough. I mean, you lose Aiden as well, but losing that arm of Chase is going to be absolutely Really hard, I think, to go by. But I think the middle school program's got some decent orders in general. So I look two years down the road. Maybe not yet next year, but the year after for that team to really start competing and becoming a 
bit of a contender under John Malone, and I think you have the right man for the job, but it's going to take time. A program that was kind of picked apart and left uh, yeah. for the scrapyard, you know, it's a tough go of it, but it's a team that can really, I think, start to rebound, and it's going to start with consistency. Consistency on defense. Stop making the errors. Start making the sure-handed plays. Consistency on the mound. Look at a guy like Dom Dorkin. This is no insult of Dom Dorkin, but Dom is too inconsistent with his pitching. He walks a ton of people, which is something I think obviously he has to work on, but Dom also can be lights out once he gets yeah. those guys on the base path, or he's going to go stay wild and kind of just lose it. You saw night and day, best center versus Washington. He was a little wild, but he also maintained and only gave up two runs that I believe were both unearned, if I'm not mistaken. But let's talk about a positive note here. We've talked about some things not going well. Chase is hitting the ball still. That's great to see. Dan Obrey is hitting the ball. Dan's too. hitting the ball well. And Dan has the highest batting yeah. average on the team with 400. You want to talk about pitching as well. Yeah. We have some good pitching. Logan Brown has been a bright spot for this team. And you go back to that McGuffey game, came in replacing Brock Allison. He's, he's had all sorts of issue finding the strike zone as the command's just not been there for him. But you st- so you bring in Brown there, pitches a great game, really only give up two big hits in that entire game, which was the inside part the park home run and the book rule double. Besides that, Brown was excellent. It's not that he overwhelms with the velocity. It's the, I think, a little bit of a off tick in his windup that kind of maybe throws hitters off a little bit with timing. And also, he has that pinpoint accuracy at times that he puts the ball where he wants it. Yeah, he may get hit every now and then, but if he's going to continue to pitch that way, he's going to be successful. And then you go into the best center game. He pitched very well as, again, was in line for the win, should have got his first win in his first high school start. But again, the bullpen wasn't able to hang on. And the tough going, I think, of that was you, you put him out there to start the seventh inning. You knew his pitch count was right on the verge. He could face one more batter. He gets you a ground ball that results in an error. And then from that, the inning went the way it did. Eventually, it got to within one out. But you look at that, you get that first out of the inning with – Logan in the game still, then when you bring in your relief pitchers and start that kind of march and trek of numerous guys, you're already ahead of the game because there's already one out in the inning and nobody on. Instead, no one out, one on, and that proved to be costly because you got the two outs in that inning with the lead still. So you look at that, that's a run that wouldn't have scored and an out that would have been on the board. And then you go into the next game with Logan giving up a couple more runs, but the errors were the big thing there. I believe only one of his runs were earned against Washington. But you have to also admire the fight of that team. They came back a little bit. They tried to mount a comeback after kind of imploding in that game. Got it back to within three runs after going down 10-5. to Just were unable to kind of capitalize on the opportunities as... It's been a rough go of it, but, you know, you expected to have some learning curves in this first year for John Malone. Yeah, and I mean, looking ahead to next week, you have two must-win games versus Cal. If you don't get them both, you at least got to get one. 
And, I mean, you're going to need some help along the way from other teams if, in our section. If you win both against Cal and beat Washington with some help, you have a chance. Yes. Maybe uh, upset karma because you never know. Maybe someone gets sick. Maybe. Maybe half their team can't play. And, that, and that, that, again, this isn't, that's no knock on Frazier. That's just how good this Carmichael's team is. Yeah. This is a team ranked in 2A, and you look at the teams ranked there with them. Seton LaSalle considered pretty much the perennial power of 2A this year that if anyone beats them, it'd be shocking. It's like Olsh was in basketball for baseball. Then you have Shar Houston, who I saw that first meeting between the two teams. Shar Houston was one strike away from winning that game. Ended up giving up the tying run all with two outs. No one on two outs and ended up being tied at 1-1. And then Seton LaSalle scored, uh, I think it was 10 runs in the eighth inning. They won by nine. So, yeah, that just shows how good offensively they are. But Chartier's Houston got pretty much 10 runs in an extra innings game. And people look at that final score and say, oh, Char Houston, they got killed by Seton LaSalle. They should have won that game. And that's a team right there that, that can play with Carmichael. So you look at those three teams being absolutely contenders this year. But again, Frazier, I think it's going to be a good test and some good experience against tough opponents against Chartier's yeah. Houston and when they have to take on Carmichael's. And hopefully against Char Houston, they maybe get one of their lower pitchers and maybe Logan Brown not throwing that same velocity to the guys like Brett Wagner, Seton LaSalle, or Sam Georgianar, and then maybe throw him off speed a little, especially a guy like Jimmy Sadler is going to West Virginia and plays shortstop for that team. He's probably not used to seeing those slower pitches, and we talked about that in softball. It's tough to time those up when you're so used to seeing the harder velocity. So that will be something to look into, but we've talked a lot about Logan Brown. So if you can't figure it out, that is our boys' baseball athlete of the week. First high school starts, put him in an opportunity to win the game, Came in in relief against Washington. Gave up one earned, unearned, one earned run, a couple of unearned runs to his name. But overall, Logan Brown has been a bit of a surprise to a lot of people, playing well above his grade level in maturity-wise, the way he handles himself on the hill. Anything else, Nick, for baseball? Or should we move on to track? Uh, let's take a run around the track. All right, we'll take a 100-yard sprint for a break, and then when we come back... We'll take the run around the track, talk some hurdles, some throws, and more right here on the Frazier Athletic Show. You can enjoy the rustic decor of the Big Barn Country Store in Delhi from Route 51, just south of Periopolis, Pennsylvania. Inside the store, enjoy the atmosphere and browse through a selection of delicious Amish foods, home-baked pies, a deli, a wide array of nostalgic candy, wine store, and much more. Open seven days a week. Visit our website at BigBarnStore.com. That's BigBarnStore.com. Somerset Trust Company, now open in Periopolis. We invite you to stop by and experience the Somerset Trust Company difference. Local decision-making, convenient locations, extended hours, award-winning online and mobile banking, and more. Somerset Trust Company, community banking at its best. Now open in Periopolis. We've hurdled our way through baseball and softball, moving on to track where they picked up a win against Manesson, fell to South Moreland, but the Commodores continuing to find some life 
after tough sledding at Greensburg Central Catholic. We talked about always a tough school to compete against when they can recruit, but hey, who's counting? Hey, they can't recruit. That, that's illegal, right? Yeah. Look at Seton LaSalle, right? They can't do that. Seton LaSalle's football coach got suspended for that. But, hey, GCC no, no, doesn't no. do that or anything. <laughs> Brevin Williams plays uh, for them. He really goes to Greensburg Central Catholic. He uh, was not from Southmoreland or anything. Greensburg. Yeah, he was not a, uh, what, Greensburg-Salem guy. No, no, no. But it's not just that factor of it. I'll be the one of the biggest advocates about the public school champions at the end of the basketball and all sports season. Now, there's the public school champ. I mean, it's it's tough sledding. It is. But that's also not an easy place to compete. Mm-hmm. And talking to a couple of our female track athletes in Art Today where I was subbing, they said, you know, at GCC, one kid competed in more events than you're allowed to. Hmm. So Interesting. <laughs> things to look at, but we'll start with the uh, – Losses, and we'll end on some more of a happier note. Southmoreland, the boys fell by a final score of 100 to 48. Some of the top performers for the boys included again Matthew Cordage in the javelin. Cordage also placed third inside the discus and third inside the shot put. Higby once again won the. 3,200 meter with Jacob Cordage finishing in second as the Commodores also picked up points in the 100-110 high hurdles, the 100 meter dash, the 1,600 meter, and they were able to get a winner in the 400 meter dash by Whitehead. Clark finished second in that as Ingram finished second in the 800 meter for the Commodores with Caddick picking up a third place in that as well but the Commodores they didn't get their best outing against Southmoreland but fast forward into the meet against Manessa 96-38 the Commodores were victorious in that one Cordage won Javelin Discus and Shot Put while you see Crawl picking up a win in the hurdles with Scott in second Phillips picked up a second along with Whitehead. Higby, a third-place finish. The Commodores also got a first and second in the 400 by Whitehead and Clark, while Ingram had another strong showing in the 800 meter for the Commodores on the boys' side of things, while the girls, they fell to Southmoreland by a final score of 94-46 has picked up some second-place finishes. Kaylin Shaporka in the javelin. As Polkabla finished second in the high jump. Kendall Shaporka won the 400-meter dash. And Kendall finished second in the 100-meter. Kaylin had a second-place finish in the 100-110 high hurdles. And, I mean, Polkabla and the Shaporkas are all over these stat sheets for the Commodores just trying to Give you those quick updates on what they did. And going to Manessin, 89-20, the Commodores were victorious. Kaylin Shaporka won the javelin, second in the discus throw. Belt was first in the shot put. Polkabla won the high jump for the Commodores. And Kaylin also won the 100-110 high hurdles with Kendall winning in the 100-meter and the 400-meter dash also taking it in the 800 meter as well. But 
the Commodores' girls' side of things have been picking up some accolades along the way. Sydney Polkabal leading the way in all points scored this year for the Commodores' girls' track team. But some history was made as well for the Commodores and Kendall Shaporka breaking a school record along the way. But still a lot of work to be done, and it's a team that looks to get better each and every time out. And the thing with track, it's almost like wrestling. Yeah, It's a weird way to think of it because if you can't fill out every weight class in wrestling, if you can't fill out every single kind of category in track, you lose points automatically, and you're behind the eight ball from the start. It's not necessarily giving up free points because if no one has a competitor on that, it's just empty. But if they have one, then it's kind of there's a free five points almost. And it's tough to see that because, you, I mean, in schools like the size of Frazier, then when you go take on bigger schools, you see all of them take on Mount Pleasant earlier this year. It's not as easy to find a way to, you know, compete in every single category because with Frazier, you have multiple players going in multiple different mm-hmm. categories. But for some of these bigger schools that they're going against, it's easy to say, okay, you focus on this specific thing and get good at it, and we'll, we'll let you compete in this as well. But we have someone else who this is their main event too. So we may throw in a second-place finish with someone who this isn't their top event and have someone who's ready to dominate that. And that's a tough thing on both sides of boys and girls, which you kind of see similarity to wrestling. If you can't fill out every category, it's, it's tough. But – think it's time for our Athletes of the Week. I'll start with the girls. Nick, we'll go to you for the boys. For the girls, uh, Kendall Shaporka, back-to-back. We don't like to do it. We don't like to do it, but she broke a school record. So she did, yeah. We, we, we kind of we have to do it. I mean, we don't like going back-to-back. Not that she's not deserving of it. I mean, Sydney, again, also probably deserving, leading the team in overall points, but Kendall breaking a school record uh, kind of – Gives her that, and on the boys' side of things, uh, John Ingram getting the yeah. player of the week. John Ingram got the uh, the nod for the player of the week for the boys' side. Hey, we, we got some help on these track ones this we week, did. too. I mean, we can talk baseball, softball. I can talk basketball a lot. I we, can, see, we see baseball and softball a lot, though. I can break down wrestling more We don't really see because we can't go to track meets and stuff like that. So it's not as easy to see. So you got some help by the coaching staff, and John was the clear-cut thought. He said right away, John, so... He's our boys track athlete of the week, but stay tuned. We'll come back, recap, and send you on your way right here on the Frazier Athletic Show. Our lap around the track is done, and our episode is nearing an end. Again, the softball team looks to continue their hot conference play start as we'll have Washington to face multiple times, Bentworth again, Best Center, California, of course, Carmichael's and Charleroi, the big two to look into. But that team is rolling and looking to win another section championship, possibly another WPIAL championship. And, of course, they are the defending state champions as they look to continue to roll along baseball, trying to find the defensive side of the ball and get back down to the basics. And I think once they do that, success will follow while track just continues to plow through barriers, up over hurdles, one could say, as trying to find you know the ups and downs of a track season. And track's one of those sports it's harder to compete in, in a sense, just because I think you face so many bigger schools yep. 
And we talked about, you know, that with being such a tough go of it against some of these larger schools that really have better facilities and kind of just bigger programs. And it's tough to go against those bigger schools. I mean, no matter what sport it is, every now and then you get a powerhouse that can compete at any level, such as Ocean Basketball this year. and football. Yeah. I mean, that's just – that's the clear cut one. They're playing up and still winning, but – They're in 4A and they're a single-A school. Yeah, that's just – that's something else. That is just something else. But, hey, we'll talk about football more when it comes around in the fall, as long as everyone will have us back and we haven't been kicked out of the building by now. I mean, (laughs) Nick might be kicked out of the building now that he's graduating after the year. But, hey, we may move locations, and the plan is to be back, and we'll talk about football then. But another show has – come to an end always a pleasure on behalf of nick hicks i'm alex line saying thank you for tuning in and make sure you tune into the fraser athletics network to catch all the action during the week of the commodore sporting events this has been another edition of the fraser athletics show